I, I think this was excellent. I don't think it needs yeah. a lot of editing at all. I'll just remove some uh, mm, from myself. <laughs> mm. <laughs> That's not cheating. About, maybe not yeah. You're the only one that will look professional. Yeah, exactly. You're the professional. <laughs> you don't know why I do this, do you? It's all to look professional. <laughs> That's what I figured. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of The Voice of 5G. Uh, Hello. Podcast. And hi, Paul. Yes, hi. <laughs> nice to see you. Uh, nice Paul. to see you, Janina. Yeah. I'm getting bored on holiday. I just uh, have to come in and do a podcast. That was what I was going to say. Paul is graciously uh, coming in and doing podcasting on his vacation. That's how dedicated we are to 5G. From my son Langer with uh, with my G and T, uh... and <laughs> this is going to be a great episode. You know that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and uh, on today's podcast, we have uh, some special guests who have launched some new air products, and that's not thin air; it's air antenna integrated radios. Right, Paul. Exactly. That's a uh, cunning technology where you combine two products into one. And, uh, and yes. uh, why, why do you want to put uh, radios and antennas together? That's what we're going to hear about in the uh, in the interview. So maybe yes. I don't need to say too much about that right now. <laughs> no, you don't um, spoil it now. Don't spoil it now. But I could say um, that we won a prize or an award recently, a Red Dot Design Award um, for just one of our air products. Which was nice. Yeah, uh, a previous, uh, previously launched air products, of course, but uh, I mean these these just launched this week, so they can't they have keep... won any prizes yet. But yes, we won but, prizes but, uh, for air pop, popping out. Now, uh, Red Dot Awards. That's uh, that's uh, awards for uh, design. It covers all sorts of different types of products. Um, and uh, Ericsson Radio Industrial Design, the, right? Well, I, it, it's kind of industrial design, but I think it covers like the design of consumer products as well. But it's oh. it's it's design, so you know things that are um, look good and uh, you know are, are, are built to be efficient and effective and uh, ergonomic or whatever. Um, and uh, it's not actually the first time we've won an award with Ericsson Radio System, the Ericsson Radio System family of products. I think this is the fourth year uh, that uh, the family's won some awards from from uh, radio, from the Red Dot Awards, which is very nice. Uh, and yeah. uh, this year, as, apart from the Air 3239 product, which is a, um, a, an antenna integrated radio with a 32 by 32 antenna array. Um, then it's also a Radio Dot 4475. Radio Dot is, uh, as you know, our indoor mobile radio system product. And yeah, it looks like a, a small uh, fire, fire fire alarm. Oh, fire! Uh, yes. yeah, fire alarm. You know, oh, fire, you know yeah. the one that you have uh, at home. I realise it's almost home. exactly like that. It does. <laughs> And yeah. there's a good reason for that because uh, you know this this is something that's designed 
to go into the ceiling in offices and shops and uh, hospitals in uh, in uh, airports so all, all, all sorts of places where you want to get better mobile coverage indoors um, very discreet uh, this is but, a new uh, a new dot um, yeah. as part of that portfolio so that's and kind of so, but, yeah so much fun that the radio dot wins the red dot award must have thought about that right <laughs> yeah now you yeah, remember but, <laughs> yeah, but but the radio dots aren't red. <laughs> they need to do them in red now. <laughs> now we need some red ones. Yes. <laughs> uh, even fire alarms have these little red dots on to press the uh, to to test them. Yes. That's that's the way to see the difference. If it's got a red dot, it's hmm. it's mm, yeah. <laughs> it if it has a red dot, it's it's uh, not a radio dot. And if it has a radio, it's not it's not a fire alarm. Yes, uh, we have some other things to talk about as well. Uh, some news, Paul? Some news. Yeah, we I think we talked about on the last episode, we talked about Canada going live with uh, 5G. And we have a few other countries where it's uh, 5G is popping up. Um, uh, in uh, Taiwan, uh, Chunghua Telecom has uh, gone live with 5G. I think that's the first live 5G in in, uh, in Taiwan. Uh, Telma in Madagascar. Um, yeah. So that's uh, down in well, Madagascar is an island, but I but I guess the, you'd call it part of the African continent. So that's uh, <laughs> news there. Uh, and then I saw that uh, Zane in Bahrain had also launched five uh, five G, uh, and they've also launched five G in Kuwait and uh, in Saudi Arabia as well. So uh, continuing to spread, spread and around, pop up the, around the globe. Yeah, no 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 reference to other things that. Just keep spreading, please. Oh, no. <laughs> no, don't go there, Janina. Don't go there. Don't go there. Uh, yes, but that's lovely to see uh, 5G uh, in Madagascar. It's like, uh, wow. I've, it... I've never been. It's kind of on my <gasps> list. One of the, 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 the name sounds so interesting. And uh, no, I, I, I feel it's one of those places you ought to go and see sometime. Mm-hmm. Uh, then uh, in the interview that uh, we have coming up next uh, with uh, David Hammarwall and uh, and Mikael Eriksson uh, talking about uh, this week's uh, launch, uh, we are mentioning a couple of things that uh, we might need to explain a little bit about Paul uh, Fika. Fika. Uh, Fika is <laughs> what happens after the podcast. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yeah, but we might, uh, for, for people is, who are not Swedish, we might yeah, explain fika, it a little bit. Fika is the Swedish word of the day. Yes. Uh, and uh, for, to simplify, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's a composite word made up of fi, which is coffee, and ka, which is from cake. So it's uh, like a combined coffee and cake. Um, and uh, it's the Swedish tradition of uh, sitting down and having a coffee break, talking to your colleagues, and uh, it's it's kind of one of those cultural things in in Swedish business where all of all of the important connections get made over the coffee table. Yes, so it's yeah. sort of like a sauna club, but you drink but coffee without sauna. And, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you drink coffee and have cake instead. <laughs> You drink coffee and have cake instead, and uh, you don't need to be uh, you, you don't need to be part of a club to to actually take part. So just like a coffee club or sauna club. 
Yes, uh, Mikael also mentioned the, the abbreviation TCO, and I, I think we can just say that remember that that is total cost of ownership, which means like all the when the total cost for the service provider comes, it, it you know it contains uh, electricity bills and everything like that, and he will go into another aspect of the total cost of ownership, the TCO, that this launch. But yes. but I think TCO is actually an interesting concept, uh, and I think it's a, it's it's not talked about enough because I think uh, when you talk about, you know, these products are cheaper than those products, then uh, the price that you pay for the box is often not actually the most important thing for for a, for a mobile operator or or for any business. Mm. You know, if I buy, and it's the same. You no, know, if you buy cheap. If if you buy cheap stuff for your home and and uh, they don't last, then you have to go up, go go out and buy another one. Uh, or if you buy you know a quality product uh, that lasts longer, then maybe it's actually cheaper for you in the long run. And total yeah. cost of ownership about what's working out, what's most uh, economic for you in the long run. Yeah. Um, and uh, particularly with a complicated system like a mobile telephone system, uh, there are so many components to it. Uh, there's a lot of detail to look at to work out well, what's actually going to be the best investment. An important area when you're when you're dealing with complex systems, for sure. Uh, yeah. Uh, okay. Shall we go into the interview now? Are we ready? Yeah. Yeah. Ready. Let's hear let's, from the experts about launches and radios and air. Today on the Voice of 5G podcast, we have Mikael Eriksson. Uh, you are the head of our antenna business from our Catherine acquisition, that is. And you are here from Rosenheim in Germany, where your office is. Nice to have you on the podcast, Mikael. Thank you very much, uh, Janina. It's, uh, it's great to be on. And also we have here David Hammarwall. You're head of product line radio here at Ericsson, and you normally sit in uh, Shista, but uh, in Stockholm. Uh, but of course, now we are all working from home. So, hi, David. Hi, Janina. I'm uh, happy to be here, calling in from Vallentuna, outside of Stockholm, from my home <laughs> office. So, this will be great. <laughs> we are almost neighbors then. Good to know. Suburbs of Stockholm. Uh, we had uh, on the last podcast we were talking about the uh, COVID impact on uh, on uh, mobile networks, and uh, we said we had some outages uh, here north of Stockholm uh, when we uh, uh, recorded the last podcast uh, with uh, Patrick Serval, who's also <laughs> living in the neighborhood. He actually lives be- between us two, uh, but hopefully that will not happen today. Uh, we are here today to talk about the press release that went out this week. Uh, the press release said new Ericsson Air solutions to accelerate 5G midband deployment. And that meant that we launched two new products, two new antenna integrated radios, also called Air solutions. Antenna integrated radios, uh, David. What is this? 
Well, Antenna Integrated Radio is uh, sort of a convergence of a trend that has been in the industry for some time. Uh, so traditionally, you have deployed a separate radio and a separate antenna, and then you had a cable in between that's called a feeder. Uh, right. The problem is that you lose a lot of power in that feeder, and it could be as much as losing half of the power in this cable. So there's been a trend first to shorten the cable, uh, to put the radios very close to the antenna. But of course, the ultimate uh, uh, integration is to put the radio inside the antenna and then remove all of these losses altogether. And that, and that is was, what an yeah, that was, uh, I mean, that was impossible to do when I started at Ericsson 20 years ago now, the, because the, the, the radio was so big, it was in the cupboard of it, uh, by itself, right? Yeah, so this has been a lot of different trends that has enabled this. So, uh, of course, more integrated radios, um, better processing, more energy efficient radios, so you get the size and weight down. Um, and now, since a few years back, we have been able to build radios that are directly integrated in Antenna. And this is also a absolutely essential trend when we take it into the more advanced 5G radios where you have a massive MIMO. That means that you have very many radio signals and radio streams. So in an advanced radio today, you can have almost 64 mini radios in one radio so to speak and then of course that is almost critical that you put it in the same uh, unit as the antenna mm -hmm. so this has been the trend then for some time and in particular now in 5g having the radio integrated in the antenna is uh, essential to get a good solution yeah, yeah, massive MIMO radios. Um, I think if you look at the 5G rollouts to date, pretty much all of them have, have used uh, massive MIMO in, in some shape or form. And certainly when we talk about mid-band and, and high-band, uh, yeah. high-band in particular, you know, it's, it's pretty much only massive MIMO radios that we're using out there. Uh, and massive MIMO radios give you this ability to create beams and, and steer the signal, uh, use it more efficiently to, to actually f to focus the signal to the users that need it. Right. Is that, and is, is that a fair summary, David? I think that captures the essence, yes, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> I have another question for you, Paul, while you're on. Okay. Uh, the, this said that it's accelerating 5G midband deployments. Can you tell yeah. us a little bit about midband and why it's so important for 5G? Okay, yeah, midband, we, we talk a lot about spectrum and we've talked about spectrum before on the, on the podcast. Um, and uh, what we see out there is is uh, a balance between providing coverage, which is with low frequency bands, and providing super high capacity with with very high frequency bands like 28, 39 gigahertz. Uh, and in the middle there, you've got the the so-called mid bands. Uh, those give you a balance between being able to provide very good capacity and being able to provide. Um, uh, the you know better coverage, so that the very high frequency bands have quite lim limited coverage, and and that would mean that you'd have to put in a, a lot more sites to actually get good 5G. But mm -hmm. uh, the combination of uh, the but with a combination of bands, and particularly using the mid band, you can get good performance and uh, good coverage. And the midband then uh, on the spectrum, I've seen a little bit of a difference. I think when when we went through it, we said that midband was two point six to four point five gigahertz, but could it be a little bit wider or? 
is it in that range still? I would say that. I think this is a very interesting question because I think <laughs> what the midpoint is is kind of evolving over time. It uh, is. So, oh, that's why so you usually you now. used to call the 1800 bands also mid bands, right? Uh, and I think that that's yeah. still uh, some of those uh, F, higher FDD bands are still qualifies as mid bands. Yeah. yeah, I think, and I think it, now uh, we're talking more about the one giga to six gigahertz. I think it's uh, it's our latest on that. Yeah, one to yeah. six. Okay, mm. good. I'll I'll change my note here that I have on my computer because I don't. Mm. <laughs> I can never remember. But good. But it's changed Maybe. every time. It's from from four G, then the like three and a half gigahertz would have been a high band. Um, whereas yes. now in five G, well, when you've got thirty nine, uh, twenty eight, thirty nine gigahertz, then uh, you know everything down around two to three four five gigahertz is a is a is a mid band yeah that's a max band yes i guess the world is running out of spectrum to allocate so i guess we have to broaden it a bit keep it <laughs> i think there's quite Need a lot us. of spectrum there's quite a lot yeah. of spectrum between 39 and gigahertz and, counts, and yeah. right. otherwise if you keep it it becomes strange because then you would have to talk about the very high band and the ultra high <laughs> yeah. bands it's the super high band so yeah yeah uh, i guess it's easier to just expand it a little bit yeah, and uh, I mean, it's uh, it's all about how you use these bands, right, in a different way. So, I mean, to to have it uh, now go to one from one to six is sort of like just defining that usage of that band, yeah. wouldn't you say? Yeah, but but just to just to put a little bit of context into that, if you yeah. if you look at what we're doing with indoor systems with the mm -hmm. Things like our 5G, 5G radio dot. That's that's using mid bands and it's using a kind of puck thing that you that you mount into, into the ceiling. So instead of having a, a large um, uh, multi uh, massive MIMO antenna, you can actually use it more like a conventional uh, antenna uh, to provide indoor coverage. In this launch, there was two uh, different products: hybrid air and interleaved air. And I thought we would start by talking about hybrid air. But first, Mikael, as we have you on the podcast, the press release also talks about the solutions highlight the successful integration of Catherine mobile communications into Ericsson. You have been the head of this uh, unit all the way from the start in October when the acquisition was uh, completed. Tell us about this journey mm. of Catherine integration into Ericsson. Well, actually, the journey started, uh, you know, well before that. Um, Ericsson and Catherine have had, you know, a, a partnership relationship for 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 many many years. Um, Catherine has been uh, one of the technology uh, suppliers to uh, to Ericsson throughout the journey, and uh, and and it, this goes way back. Um, I think I'm trying to just give a little bit of a background. I mean, it's, uh, there are a lot of similarities to, uh, to Ericsson, actually. It's around 100 years old, uh, been very much focused on technology, technology leadership, quality focus. I think, you know, what, what, what I have observed now during, during this time I've been part of the journey, I mean, it's, it, it's a great fit for, for the two companies. Uh, from an acquisition point of view, the acquisition uh, that, you know, Ericsson had an intent to acquire the filter and antenna business. That's important to note. We, we, it was the filter antenna business that we, that we did acquire. I mean, that was announced in, in February last year, uh, just before a Mobile World Congress. And, and, and then, as you correctly pointed out, the, the deal was uh, uh, concluded and, uh, and, and we closed it uh, 1st of October uh, last year uh, as well. And, uh, and, and obviously, you know, this 
you know, being now part of the, the Ericsson family, but, you know, part of Ericsson, you know, of course, there are a lot of uh, integration activities ongoing. I mean, we need to get it, need to get it to work. Um, uh, yeah. and, 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 you know, there's a lot of things in terms of tools, systems, etc., that needs to be taken in consideration, right? But, oh, yes. but I think, uh, but I think what's, what's really exciting is, is around technology now and the things that we're starting to get, do together. And, uh, I mean, the launches that, uh, we uh, did earlier in the week is, it's, just proof point of that. Mm-hmm. So what has happened there on site? I, I can see that it must, it must have, it's always like a very big, change when you're bought up by another company and you have mm. to integrate everything and use new systems and new ways of working and and uh, and everything how has that uh, proceeded now during the last uh, six months six to eight months i mean obviously it's a, it's an intense period there are a lot of things that needs to happen um I mean, Catrine was, you know, mid-sized company. You can say uh, we um, around 3,000 uh, people uh, currently in uh, in 20 countries or so. There are uh, production facilities in in China, in Romania, in Mexico, um, and this, these are of course separate from you know the Ericsson uh, production facilities. I mean, that is one consideration. We need to get all the the ERP system to to work. Uh, you need to get all the order supply flows to work. Mm. Uh, and and then of course we are doing a lot of things together in in the R and D space. And uh, even though there's been a, you know a long relationship from an R and D from a technology point of view, you know obviously you need to get to know each other a little bit better and 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 you know find the right shapes and form for how we're going to work. And this yeah. is one area where I certainly appreciate a lot of the efforts that we are now doing. So I definitely see a lot of new initiatives happening across the organizations and certainly my team coming from the Ericsson side now leverage a lot of that technology competence uh, in in Mikkel's uh, unit in the antenna design unit. Yeah. yeah. I was I was just going to uh, to to ask a cultural question and say like now now Katrina part of uh, Ericsson have they taken on board Swedish cultural traditions like uh, Fika? <laughs> Are you doing Fika? <laughs> <laughs> no, that I don't do. I, mean, I think I think the culture thing is 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 quite interesting, right? And and I, and I know now I uh, have the opportunity to get um, in trouble big time here, right? But uh, if I want to. <laughs> Give it, give it a try. I think, as, as I said, I think from a technology point of view, I think very similar tradition. I think a small size company, I mean, very innovative, a little bit more, I should say, maybe less process oriented in the way of doing things. Uh, but of course, you know, the, the flip side of that is that you don't have the same scale. So I think, uh, you know, in, tr- in terms of the kind of alignment on, and structure for how you do things, uh, uh, no, there are a few uh, few interesting kind of uh, considerations, but but I think the the foundation I think uh, is there, and and I think that's why it makes it such a great fit. Mm. Yeah, I was just uh, going to ask that. Uh, do you think that this was almost like I mean that that Ericsson? This was a very important acquisition for Ericsson uh, because we were very. Um, I mean, we we were dependent as well on the Catherine antennas for for our business. So I guess this is also it's a, it's a win-win situation that Ericsson uh, could get the technology that we needed as well. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it is, right? I, I think it, it you put yourself in a much stronger position if you have these capabilities in-house. And 
And it's not only about you know developing technology; it's also to have the capability to have the right dialogues with with our customers out there. Uh, and and the the team of 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 Katrine that is now part of Ericsson, and you know we are working very closely with our customer units out in the markets in order to to have these dialogues with customers. And I think. Uh, you know, looking at this end to end, I think it's it's fundamental, and also, of course, giving giving 5G and and where the industry is heading now. Yeah. So, well, antennas being very important for uh, 5G coverage, uh, then this launch, uh, as it was stated, it uh, puts the the it. We can now see uh, an outcome of uh, this uh, this um, acquisition mm. and long time partnership. Tell us, what is hybrid air? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I, I think, I mean, first we should say that this was this was something that started already before the acquisition was completed. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that was just, you know, one of those proof points of that partnership that have been in place for, for some time. But I think what hybrid air basically is that it combines uh, a passive antenna uh, with a massive MIMO uh, active antenna system unit. So you basically uh, integrate the two units into one. Uh, and what that brings is, is, of course, a possibility for a customer to address um, these use cases without adding the additional footprint. Uh, and if you look around at the big uh, antenna poles and masts uh, outside your window, you probably can see, you know, they are starting to get very, very crowded. And that, you know, there is a, there is a physical limitation now uh, that many operators are, are struggling to solve and, and and with this solution it gives them a, a you know very good opportunity to address that and it's also you know integrated we it comes pre-assembled so you know also in terms of speed of deployment uh, it also gives uh, you know a significant advantage to, to some of the other solutions so in short i guess that the operators now have the opportunity to take down an old legacy antenna and swap it for a new modern solution that both has the latest and greatest in terms of massive MIMO and 5G capacity along with additional uh, bands uh, for the mid bands and low bands on the same yeah. space. Yeah, because that's the, also the thing on the passive antennas these days, right, that you, I mean, it's multi-band, you get many, many bands into one antenna, right? And, and that brings to, to David's point, you know, it gives you a consolidation opportunity of, of antennas on site. Yeah, so, so these new antennas, you can use them for 5G, obviously, you can use them for 4G. Can, they, can you put legacy 3G, 2G frequencies onto them? Yeah, you can put that uh, on, uh, on them as well. Yeah, correct. Mm-hmm. So it's a one size fits all. Yeah, it's a multi-technology as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very, mu- very much so. Excellent. Uh, so this was the hybrid air now, uh, and we also launched the interleaved air. David, what is the difference between these two products? Well, you can almost say that you can almost say that the interleaved air builds upon the hybrid air and takes it mm. to to the next level of integration. So as Mikael was saying, when you do the hybrid air, you you combine a massive MIMO unit and you uh, augment that with a passive antenna in a, in a same look and feel module. But what we do in the interleaved there is that we actually integrate the passive antenna into uh, the massive MIMO. So you have the low band antennas 
not only are in the separate uh, passive antenna unit, but they actually extend into the same area and space as the massive MIMO. So that is clearly the next level of integration where we synergize between Catherine and, and Ericsson, where we uh, have that integrated radio and uh, the low band antennas in the same area. So uh, why would you like to do that? Why would you like to put the low band antennas on top of the massive MIMO? And that's because the, uh, the coverage or the gain is very much related to the length of those that antenna. Right. So what this means is <laughs> you can actually get more space and more area for those low band antennas so they can extend say for the full two meter height uh, of the antenna or six foot antenna. Uh, and that means that you get approximately 0.7 dB or uh, an increased uh, coverage for those low bands. Uh, so then you can truly swap the same, uh, get the same coverage that you had in the previous antenna for all the bands. Uh, but of course, this is another level of integration. Uh, so that's why we believe that they complement each other. The hybrid air provides full flexibility. You can use our uh, current massive MIMOs in this solution uh, with a lot of band support. While the interleaved air then is, is a new uh, integrated uh, radio. So it, it will require that we release new products. Out. So that's why that's the next stage of this. Uh, can you talk a little bit about how important it is with the zero footprint that you're talking about, the, the, that it's, it's not taking up more space? Yeah. How important I, I can, is that? Is that a, I, I something start. that our customers uh, ask for? Yeah, uh, that is something that they ask. And, you know, when I took this job, when I started to, uh, to meet customers in, in, in this capacity, this was the first thing that most customers asked me. How is Ericsson going to do uh, help us with this now, provided that you have acquired um, Katrine, uh, because they obviously saw the, the obvious benefits of, of, of that. And I think, I, I think it touched upon it already a bit. I mean, there are physical constraints out there. I mean, there are not enough space on the room for, for putting more antennas on many, many of the sites, uh, you know, especially in, in, in urban and suburban areas. So I think that physical capability is, 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 is really a key thing. Uh, but then there are also a lot of TCU benefits uh, around here that the operators are uh, looking for as well. And, uh, and, and one of the things that are, are very important when you talk about antennas is, is wind load, um, because that is uh, often uh, one way that the operator actually have to, uh, are being charged by the, uh, the landlord or the building owners uh, where, or the tower companies where they are putting their antennas. Uh, and we have a quite unique technology. We have a patented technology in order to reduce the wind load. Uh, and then, of course, putting these things together using that technology uh, gives significant reduction in that. And that automatically transfers uh, into uh, operational cost savings. So there are a number of, 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 of reasons for, for why this is making a lot of sense. The wind, the wind load itself, does that mean that it's, uh, it's uh, like wearing on the antennas? No, so I mean, basically, I mean, if you look at, if you look at these uh, uh, antenna mast poles that we have out there, right? I mean, the, the higher the wind load, then they basically increase the weight 
uh, of the antenna. Uh, I mean, the uh-huh. weight of the antenna is, you know, whatever it is to begin with. But of course, if the wind increased, then it would put a bigger strain on 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 the mast, right? Mm. And uh, and uh, and and that, of course, means that you need to have a stronger mast, and that means, mm. of course, you know, that the cost will go up, and thereby the rent for that space is going to go up. That's yeah. sort of in in, in simple yeah. terms, and 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 this is an area where. Where, where Katrine has been very innovative in, in, in the past, and, and this is the technology that we are using now. We are using wind tunnels in our product design of these things uh, in order to, to minimize that wind load. Uh, you, know, in, you know, some of the customers I met, in, in, especially in, in the typhoon-prune um, areas, uh, you know, this is very, very high on their agenda uh, when selecting uh, antennas. So um, it's, 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 yeah. this is interesting, right? I don't know. Yeah. I don't think so that everybody realizes that aerodynamics is a key for your technology, right? But this is <laughs> with the, when you're swam yeah. put new antennas up there, of course, those big flat faces in the typhoon area or uh, needs to endure any storm, right? So of course, yeah. this is uh, really important. So, yeah. so what, what sort of wind speeds do you have to design for? Well, I think, uh, you know, David, you might know better than me, but I think they, this varies, of course, from one customer to the other, right? But I, I, I think uh, some customer have in the specification, they have specific wind speed requirements. I think some are up to uh, uh, 90 meters per second type of wind speeds uh, in order to do that, right? Uh, because yeah. because they it, it goes to pretty uh, extreme levels in some of these areas, so. Yeah, yeah, as we say, it's it's when that uh, wind the wind speeds pick up. It's that that might be when the, you really need the, your cell phone coverage <laughs> when you're calling for. Yeah, help that's, that's the other thing. I mean, one you want the one you want the technology to work because you might uh, be in desperate need of of getting help. Uh, the other thing is that you don't want to have this uh, falling off the antennas. Uh, antenna oh, mast definitely right not. There. Definitely yeah. not. So one of the first uh, or early adapters of uh, the hybrid air uh, was Swisscom, who of course also was first to launch 5G in. Europe mm. uh, and doing it together with us. So, wh- how was this uh, something that that they pushed for? No, this was something where they where they came to us with with a specific uh, problem. Um, mm. I mean, they wanted to um, to uh, of course introduce five G. Um, they uh, wanted to uh, improve, you know, with five G, of course, improve the capacity. Uh, there were certain restrictions there in terms of number of antennas uh, in the tow- on the towers, uh, and, um, and and basically this was I would say was a, was a great uh, uh, joint project where we we were looking at their specific requirements, working you know across the radio team, um, our site solution team, the Catrine uh, filter and antenna team. Uh, and develop something that uh, that that fit that purpose. There are also government kind of um, uh, regulations there on on how they could build. Uh, mm-hmm. So um, I think it was uh, was it was a great example of of taking a customer problem and and turn that into a great solution. Mm. And possibly then also uh, meeting the demand from other customers who are now going into five G. Uh, Swisscom being, uh, uh, and I, and I think this was essentially the only way for them to put 5G on these sites, right? Because they couldn't uh, take, they didn't have allowance to put more antenna space on the sites. Mm. Ah. So then, of course, this was kind of a make, make it or don't have 5G. Uh, <laughs> <and that's, laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And I well, think well, sometimes yeah. a de- desperate, desperate need uh, brings uh, good solutions out. So I think, um, yeah. 
good one. Yeah. Mm. Necessity is the mother of invention. <laughs> yes. <Yeah. laughs> uh, so, uh, David, was uh, was the need for for the interleaved air also a customer initiative? So I think we're working with customers in all of these solutions, right? So uh, we have been working closely with, for example, Vodafone uh, on finding uh, solutions for this. And they also acknowledge in the press release uh, that this is a highly uh, needed solution uh, in, in their markets. And of course, we see the same request from many other customers as well. Uh, and this is really where you need to make sure that you have that full coverage uh, as well so you can find the sweet spot before between uh, getting 5g capacity and 5g uh, peak speeds and all of that bells and whistles with 5g but still not compromise uh, on the uh, on the coverage uh, and that's where you really need this interleave there yeah and then uh, I should mention as well that uh, we were uh, live uh, on, in social media the day that you launched these products. Uh, and so if you want to see Mikael and if you want to see uh, David's uh, manager, Pad, <laughs> talk about these products uh, in person and also showing the products, how they look and, and how they work. Uh, we will link uh, the live broadcast in our show notes and you can find it on all Ericsson uh, social media platforms this week. Anything else we should talk about? Is there something that we have missed? There is so much to talk about, but that would be a very long show. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, no, but I think so, that the answer here is really uh, to help the operators to actually get the 5G out there. Uh, this has yeah. been, we have seen a lot of 5G rollouts already, right? But that has all involved adding new antennas at the sites. And this will now, now we take it to the next level uh, where we can bring it to the rest of the sites where that's not possible. So it is looking, uh, it's a very good. Uh, move them for 5G coverage around Europe and in particular in the dense urban areas where it could uh, be challenging in some sites. So it's bright future for 5G under deployments with these announcements. Yeah, I'm looking forward also to a lot of good discussions with customers out there now when we when we have a, a solid portfolio in place and, and, and can have those discussions and, and, you know, help them with this. Sounds good. Thank you so much for uh, being on the podcast, uh, David Hammarwall and Mikael Eriksson. And nice to see you. <laughs> so uh, thank you everyone for yeah. listening and bye. Bye. bye.